in Ephesians 2 verse 10. <clears throat> Remember this verse, we've used this quite a lot. Uh, we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we would walk in them. We are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand we would work, walk in them. So we see in this and other verses that long before you came into this world, God designed a purpose for your life. It's your responsibility to discover that purpose. You weren't brought in here just to fill in your life with just busyness and activities. We're called to partner with God and be productive for Him. That doesn't mean we're all called to be preachers. It means God has a unique purpose for every person. And uh, we talked a little bit about destiny. Destiny, have the idea of a destination, somewhere where we're going. Uh, destiny, in this sense, means literally uh, the path that God is taking us towards, its destination is going to reach, and the actual journey we take. And uh, so when we're talking about our destiny, we're talking about the journey as well as where it ends. Now, we know for a believer that uh, we're caught, we're going to go to end up in heaven. But God's plan is to bring heaven to earth. See, so how we will live in heaven, how we will enjoy eternity really is dependent on what we do about bringing heaven to earth in this life. And so every one of us is called to make our life productive in some kind of way. And uh, achieving the destiny means you've got to discover what God's called you to do and to do it. The greatest tragedy in life is having no sense of purpose or to live your life pleasing someone else. And that's where many people live their lives. We have to be prepared to break free of an inner desire to please the people around us. You know, God has a plan and it isn't always what others agree with. Right? So it's a process and a journey. Great journey. I'm loving the journey. It's fantastic. In 2 Timothy 4 verse 7, there's, Paul finishes the end of his, uh, uh, his course. He makes an incredible statement at the end of his life. Imagine getting to the end of his life. And, uh, but when you see him come to the end of his life, he makes a statement. And, uh, but on the way, he had all these things happen to him. He had dramatic things happen to him. But in the midst of them, he had this thing inside him. I'm a man of destiny. I have a call and a purpose for my life. So the devil tells us that there was a time when he got stoned. I'm not talking smoke in the wacky-backy. He was literally stoned and left for dead. And much to everyone's surprise, he stands up. I haven't finished my course yet. He ends up getting shipwrecked. He hangs on to a piece of wood for three days in the deep. I haven't finished my course yet. There's another time where they beat him. He gets up and he says, I haven't finished my course yet. And when you have a look at Paul's life and all the adversities and obstacles and things he faced, inside him was this tremendous sense, I have a course to fill and I haven't finished it yet. And nothing is going to stop me finishing the call God put on my life. When he gets to the end of his life, he says, now, he said, I fought my fight and I have finished my course. What a great thing to get to the end of your life and be able to say, I discovered what God put me in the earth for and I never quit and I finished it. You want to be a finisher, not just a starter. I've seen heaps of starters start so enthusiastic. We want to finish the race. Want to finish and finish strong. So whatever's happened, it's still your choice whether you finish strong. It's still your choice. How many know people that start things and never finish them? Don't let that be you. 
Okay, let me just give you some, some decisions now. I'm so what I'm speaking on today, I may have to do it fast to finish it next week. Destiny decisions. Now these are personal choices, personal decisions that you make and they have eternal consequences for your life. And I thought about what some of these may be and I've come up with a number of things which as I've thought about my own life, these are absolutely crucial parts of actually forging your life forward so it makes some kind of, has a sense of purpose and it also accomplishes something on the journey. So let me give them to you, here it is. Number one, let go the past. You must choose to say no to bitterness and resentment over how you've been treated. Let me just talk a little bit about that. In Hebrews 12 verse 15 it says, it talks about the grace of God. Let no man fall from the grace of God and a root of bitterness springing up in you defile many. Every person coming into this world has some hardships and pains and difficulties and setbacks. It is a part of life. For some of you, I know the family situations you've come from. You've come from situations where there was hurt or pain. Uh, for some of you, great families. Others, there was abuse in the family. Some families were really wonderful to be there. Others were dysfunctional. And uh, some of you have had conflicts in relationships. People let you down. People maybe you gave your heart to and they betrayed you in various kind of ways. Listen, this is life. Life is like that. But when this happens to you, there are two things that happen within you. And it's what happens inside you that determines what's going to happen ahead of you. The first thing is you get hurt and wounded by some of the things that happen. I can think of many events that have happened in my life that have deeply wounded and hurt me. It took me quite some time to get over it. Second thing is when you get hurt, you believe certain things. You begin to form beliefs. You can never trust any man. Or you can never trust a leader or don't, don't trust this. Or You begin to start to inside formulate beliefs because you've been wounded and hurt. And let me tell you this. If you don't resolve those things from your past, they will defile your present and steal your destiny. Absolutely. I have seen people, and because of bitterness, they could never make a marriage or a family work. Because of hurts and wounds, they could never make their life really work. Why? They could never rise to full potential because they never made the choice, the destiny decision. I'm going to face what hurt me and who hurt me and how badly I'm hurt. I'm going to forgive. I'm going to release. I'm going to bless. And I will move on because I was made for greater things. You can choose to live in regret and resentment. You can choose to live remembering the injustices you have suffered and all the defeats you have had. Or you can choose to forgive, to bless, and to grow, and to come forward and find in the future that it was all part of God's plan for your life and that what you thought could have sunk you now becomes a springboard to help others. Recently, when I, was, uh, I went away for a week, 10 days, I was up in Asia, but uh, one place that I went to was in Singapore, and there was a, a family there, which I'd met many years ago, and their eldest daughter committed suicide. Now, I've never had a child commit suicide, but I've had a, a trauma in our family that caused tremendous grief. And I knew exactly what they would be feeling. And I was to go along, able to go alongside them and to talk with them, and over two days help every member of the family walk forward so what I'm doing now what happened last week came about because I chose to deal with stuff a long time ago and there's courses we have there's freedom retreat and restoration retreat and there's other courses we run if you've got issues 
Don't look back and regret and resentment and then keep multiplying those problems. Young people, if you've got issues with parents, I can tell you now, resolve them now. Or you'll repeat them in your future and you'll have to resolve them then. Or if you don't ever resolve them, they will steal much of the potential God had planned for your life. Cause unnecessary pain and hardship. So it's always a decision. There's two people come to mind as I think about this. In 2 Samuel chapter 6, there's a story of David's restoration of the ark into Jerusalem. Now at this very point in time, what was happening is, years ago when David was a very young man, a prophet came and laid hands on him and said, I have a plan for you. God has anointed you to be king. You have a destiny to shape a generation. And so this young man, of course, was very excited about the dream, excited about the destiny. And, and then he, he went out and he slew Goliath and he became immediately famous. And then he married the king's daughter. And the king became jealous of him. And so the king decided to kill him. So King Saul attempted to kill him. His wife helped him escape because she loved him. And so David went this way and his wife went that way. Both of them treated unjustly by Saul. And years later, David has gone through every kind of hardship. He's been a notorious criminal. He's had to survive by sheer wits and leaning on the presence of God. He suffered all manner of things. But finally his hour comes when the promise of God is about to be fulfilled. And his heart is free of bitterness, free of resentment, free of negativity. And the Bible says he joyed and rejoiced. Michael, his wife who loved him, never got over what happened to her. She became bitter. She became angry. She came to believe you could never trust any man. She became bitter against God. And in the hour when she should have been fulfilling her purpose and coming to the highlight of her life, she was bitter and never entered into it. The Bible said she remained barren, unproductive, unfruitful. She missed her destiny because she never dealt with the issues of the past. She never dealt with hurt. She never dealt with wrong beliefs. It's one of the things, if we're going to go forward, you have to make the decision that you're going to choose to let go of past hurts, going to choose to let go of bitterness and, and negative thinking, and begin to start to be the kind of person that thinks possibilities. Will you be such a person? You have to choose that. No one's going to choose that for you. You can look back, well, you don't understand how badly I was, she don't know what happened to me and all this stuff. Listen, no, I don't know what happened, but I do know if you don't get over it, it will shape the rest of your life. Some of you I really admire because I've sat with you and uh, some of you, and I won't expose or, or reveal who you are, that's your testament, it's your right to do that, but I've sat with many here and heard horrendous stories of what's happened in your lives and I've watched so many of you stand up and courageously face it and move past it. And I just really honor people that have done that. I had one last week I met and uh, was in my room and there was a counseling situation and there was a, an, a, a confrontational situation and, and a resolution of something gone back years. And I just really admire that young person for the courage to do it. It takes courage to face where you've been hurt and courage to face what you believe that's wrong and to start to determine I'm going to make changes. But that's a quality destiny decision. Make it and you move forward. Don't make it and you'll always be limited and never rise to God's plan for your life. 
Let me ask you this. Don't you think God knew about all of that stuff? And if he knew about all of that stuff, he's got a way for you through it. And not only has he got a way for you through it, he's got a way for you to actually come out of it sweet. David said in Psalm 84, Blessed is the man whose strength or power to overcome is found in the Lord, who passing through the valley of sorrows makes it into a well. You see, so whatever negative experiences, painful experiences, setbacks you've had, God's plan for your life is you turn that into a sweet well. And others will drink from it, and you go from one level of strength to another. What a fantastic thing that is. That's why I love Isn't this fantastic? God's the only one that can bring life out of death. Everyone looks and says, oh, that was bad. You say, God says, I see a possibility here. People look and they see Lazarus in the tomb. He's dead. God says, you watch me. He's coming alive. God wants you to come alive. You don't have to stay in that place of death where you're negative and and you're resentful and you've got bad attitudes. You don't have to stay there. It's your choice to stay there. God pours his grace to enable you to get out of it. Choose, choose, choose. Make a choice. I'll fulfill my destiny. Don't sink. You know, Paul was bitten by a snake having having got out of a shipwreck. It's bitten by a snake. He shakes it off. See, and I don't know what's bitten you. Shake it off! Shake it off! It's not killing me. I haven't finished my course yet. There's more for me to accomplish with my life. I'm not going to be defeated at that place. Some of you gone through failures. Well, shake it off. Come to the cross. Come to the blood. Get up and move forward. But don't live in the bitterness of regrets. Live in the vision of a life doing something for God. Why not? It's a choice. We've got to choose that way. One of the things I I find a challenge in New Zealand is the persistent negativity. Dwelling on what's negative and selling what's negative. We've got to change that and be people of dreams and visions and destiny. Amen. Destiny decision number one. Let go of past hurts and say, no. This is a no bitterness zone. This is a no negativity zone. This is a no bad belief zone. This is a faith zone. You choose that. No one can choose it for you. Here's the second thing then. Second thing, we found in Romans 14. Second destiny decision. Key scripture here in Romans 14. And so here it is here. Let's read the scripture first. Uh, Romans 14, we'll pick it up at verse 10. Now, why do you judge your brother? Why do you show contempt or despise your brother? For, look at this, each one of us, we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. As it's written, says the Lord, as I live, every knee shall bow to me, every tongue shall confess to God. And here it is. So each of us shall give account of himself to God. Each one of us shall give account of himself to God. So here's destiny decision number two. Take personal responsibility for your life and say no to the blame game and no to victim mentality. Say that again. Take personal responsibility for your life and say no to the blame game and no to victim mentality. You notice what it says? God isn't going to ask about all how badly you were treated. He's going to ask what did you do? What did you think? What was your attitude? What was your motive? What did you say? 
He will call us to be responsible for our lives. Now listen, when you get into the issue of blame, blame means you're putting the responsibility on someone else. And if you put the responsibility on someone else, guess who don't have the ability to change things? If you are a victim, you are constantly living in a mentality that someone has hurt me, someone needs to put it right. You're putting the blame out there. You put the responsibility out there. You have no empowerment to change it. And there are so many people living in our nation which live with this constant reminder of injustices. When you get reminded continually of how badly you're treated, you begin to see, I'm a victim. And when you're a victim, you have no power to change. Unfortunately, there are some aspects of governance in our nation that keep people in this mentality. You and I have got to see through it. Appreciate the good, honor those in authority, but recognize philosophies and thinking that keep you a victim. You are not a victim. You are not a victim unless you choose to be. Because you're an adult now, you've got power to make choices. Now maybe years ago, someone badly treated you. Maybe years ago, you were young and vulnerable. Maybe someone uh, misused their authority and treated you in some kind of way. Or maybe it was a generation or two ago, someone did something bad. But listen, if you are blaming that for why you're here, you have now given up responsibility for your life. You remain a victim. You can't move forward. I hate victim mentality. It's characterized by, poor me, won't you feel sorry for me? Jesus confronted it as being a demonic way of thinking. When Jesus in Matthew chapter 16 was announcing his his, uh, determination to go to the cross and fulfill the will of God for his life, to fulfill his purpose and destiny, Peter, when he heard about the cross, when he heard about the suffering bit, when he heard about the pain bit, when he heard about maybe the crowds will go bit, maybe I'll be alone and having a little bit of pain here somewhere. When he heard that, he drew Jesus aside and said, pity yourself. Jesus immediately confronted it. What did he confront? He confronted the self-pity victim mentality. He confronted the the thoughts that would make you feel sorry for yourself and become disempowered and draw back from hardship and difficulty and the things needed to fulfill your purpose. And he said, you get behind me, Satan. That's a pretty tough thing to say to an apostle. But he was addressing the thought and the spirit behind that thought. The spirit behind the thought, oh, feel sorry for yourself. Look after yourself is demonic and he said not only that he says you are a stumbling stone for me in fulfilling my destiny when people try and make you feel sorry for yourself or you start to feel sorry for yourself coming over you that you've got to stand up and you've got to confront that thought that's a destiny thief you've got to stand against that and make a choice I will not go down that path of self-pity I'll not go down the path of being a victim I will not go down that path I'm not I'm better than that I got a call I got a destiny God's able to turn whatever happened to me to good Only if I'll take responsibility for my attitudes and thoughts and words and actions and do what he calls me to do. I was talking to this, the wife of this uh, man whose uh, daughter committed suicide and we picked up a number of things and I I said, well, there's some things you're going to need. There'll be thoughts that'll come to your mind and 
you'll actually need to just grieve over them, acknowledge them and feel them and grieve over them. And I said, there's two thoughts you're going to have to make a stand against. And I asked the husband to hold her accountable to stand against it. One is the self-pity stream of thought. Poor me. I feel sorry for myself. It does not lead you to your destiny. It leads you to becoming disempowered and become a victim. Now listen, it doesn't matter what bad deal you've been dealt. I love it. I just was listening to Chunky G. It doesn't, doesn't matter what hand of cards you were dealt in life. There's someone could pick them up and win the game with it. I like that. Did you hear him say that? I like that one. I don't know what hand. I said, I'm going to remember that one. See? Because it's actually true. You can say, well, you don't understand how bad it was and, and my family and my background and our culture and this and this and this and this and this and the poverty and the struggles or whatever, or, or whatever. You can say all of those kind of things. But at the end of the day, someone could pick that up and make something happen out of that. I was just uh, talking last night to the guys about a, a man born in Pateraru who had a hair lip and cleft palate and speech impediment and was so unable to communicate properly that the, the headmaster called him retarded. He recently received 47 millions for selling his share in Trade Me. And this is what happened. This is what happened. His mother said, You may have these physical issues, but no son of mine's going to be a dummy. Find what you're good at and make it great. And he did. It shows what can be done, doesn't it, eh? Of course, you'd say, He's not feeling poor. In fact, he's actually very, very wealthy. Come on, you've got to make a decision what you're going to do. I just love, I haven't even saw uh, the, the little, the 2020 with uh, Tess, our niece, you know, Paul's daughter. Have you saw that? Oh man, you love to see, you live to see it. You're born with no, no arms, just from the elbows down, no hands, and, the, and this part of the arm. But to see her attitude and spirit. And she said, oh, I don't want to, I don't need arms, I don't need hands. She said, would you, would you want to have hands? She said, no, I don't want hands. She said, I've got a great life like I have. And there she is scaling a wall, a climbing wall, with no hands. Some of you would look at it with hands and not even try. I can't! I can't! I watched her climb up there with these little stumps up as she goes. Unbelievable. And it's a real credit that Paul put into her not to consider that as being an obstruction and a limitation for her life. She doesn't consider herself disabled at all. Everyone else doesn't feel sorry. Feeling sorry doesn't get you anywhere. You've got to make decisions. You've got to be responsible for your life. Personally responsible for your life. Isn't it fantastic when you think about these kind of things? And uh, so don't, don't go down this blame game. Don't go blaming someone else. Just own your stuff. If there's a conflict, find your part, own your part, and become empowered to make a difference. Don't go blaming someone else. There's two examples in the Bible that I can think of. But this, uh, one of this, King Saul, found in 1 Samuel chapter 15. Read the verses there. 1 Samuel chapter 15, verse 20 to 21. And uh, you see Saul, and he begins to blame the people. <laughs> it wasn't my fault. I did what God wanted me to do. It's the people. What kind of leader is that? He's blaming the people for what happened. He's the leader. He's in charge. You don't blame the people for what you allowed to have happen. See? And so what happened was he, he, he never took responsibility for his bad decisions. What he did was he tried to blame someone else for him. And what happened was he lost his destiny. He totally missed his destiny. Why did he miss his destiny? Very, very simply, for this one reason, that he would not take responsibility 
for his failures. What a contrast to David. And we see that in the verses there in 2 Samuel 24, verse 10, where David said, I have sinned against the Lord. He took full responsibility for his decisions and for his failures. What an amazing thing for, for a young man to take that kind of responsibility. He never blamed anyone else. He took full ownership, full responsibility. We need to see how clearly it is. You make these quality decisions. I will not be a victim. I'll not play the blame game. I will take responsibility for my life. I am what I am because of my choices, not because of someone else. I'm where I am because of my choices, not because of someone else's. I will be in the future where God wants me to be because I chose to be. Young people, you make choices today that are going to determine the direction of your life. You look at older people here, they look back and they know the decisions they made and why they're where they are now. Is that true or not? And once you got past 40, you're looking back at some of those decisions thinking, boy, that wasn't a smart thing at all. There are a lot of bad ones down there. <laughs> but don't live in regret and don't blame someone else. Make a decision. I still got time. I'm going to make the best of the time I have. My life will count. Can you say yes to that? I'll share with you next week five other destiny decisions are crucial choices you make with your life. First two today, just repeat them just so we have them very clear in our mind. First destiny decision, I will let go of past hurts. I'll release bitterness, I'll release the pain, I'll release wrong beliefs and negativity. I won't hold on to them. The second one is I'll take personal responsibility. I will say no to self-pity and the blame game. I will own my life and begin now to choose to do something with it. Are you lacking in your walk with God? Make a choice to do something. Don't blame someone else. You're suffering financially. You're probably reaping the choices of bad decisions. Make better decisions. Don't blame someone else. You've got some troubles in your relationships. Take responsibility to initiate change. Don't wait for someone else. There's a problem in a conflict in the marriage. You be the answer. Don't wait for someone else to change. Wives, you're worried about your husband and you're resentful of him. You make the change because you've got power to change. We've all got power to make choices.